When you try to set your line up, but you don't know what to do. You can't make your mind up, need someone to turn to. We've got your back, we've got the stats, we'll help you block out all the haters. For fantasy football help, call 25 yards later. Welcome in to another episode of the 25 Yards Later Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Nick Luciano. And I'm Elijah Motika. And do you know why you come to this show? You come because you have just true fantasy experts that win a lot of games in their own fantasy leagues. So, I have not lost... A fantasy football game in admittedly just four leagues. It's a lot of like relatively competitive leagues, I think. Um I have not lost one since week seven. <laughs> it is now week eleven um that we're entering. And so I put together a game that I'm calling Nictory Lap Colon the Game. <laughs> So I picked a couple of things. Um, so the Monday, the date of the Monday night game that happened when I lost my last fantasy football game was October 26th. Wow. So Elijah needs to tell me to win the game. What if an event happened before October 26th or after October 26th? Okay, before or after. I got yes. it. Are you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> All right. Derrick Henry's last rushing touchdown. Um, Let's see. So this is week seven. Um, mm-hmm. Derrick Henry, I think, has been hurt since then. So before um, he got hurt, I think week eight, um, but so would have played week seven and week right. eight. So before. Yes. So Woo! his last rushing touchdown was week six. I think that he had three of them that week. Hmm. Now, when good. was Derrick Henry's last touchdown period? Oh, because he had a passing touchdown. Mm-hmm. Uh. I mean, it was in week seven. It was. Which so would imply. What... <laughs> so basically, was it before Monday week seven? <laughs> I would say it was before Monday week seven. <laughs> also, isn't it crazy that Derrick Henry's last touchdown of the season is a passing touchdown? Yeah, that's fitting. That's... We yes. all, just how everybody drew it up. <laughs> um, Jonathan Taylor's last game without a touchdown um wow interesting um that also had to have been before it was do you want to do you want to take a guess of when that was uh i want to say like week five week three three wow he has had a touchdown in every game since week three he's pretty good and that was what I was just mind boggled about before the show was that I looked at that and I was like, that is crazy. Hmm. Um, Mine's in a bottle. <laughs> finally, um, 
a non-fantasy football one here for you. Military coup in Sudan. When was that? Was that what? before? <laughs> was that before October 26th or after October 26th? After October 26th. It was not. It was October 25th. I, yep. I, of course, everyone knew that. <laughs> so I will give you the win since I think you got the first three right even yep. though you did not keep up with current events enough to know about the military coup in Sudan. I didn't. I hope everyone's okay. I would assume not. <laughs> but, um, yes, the, the I will give you the other wins. I'm, this um, is a fantasy football show. I, I'm here for my <laughs> fantasy football knowledge, not my knowledge of world politics and current <laughs> events. Uh, so I won that game. As I win all the games, but not quite as well as you win all the games of fantasy football. Congratulations yes. on your current way to streak. way to bring it back around. Good job. <laughs> that was professional. <laughs> Before we get into the show proper, um, we will start the rest of the episode the way we do every week um, with our touchback player. So this week's award goes to both kickers jake elliott of the philadelphia eagles and i'm not gonna lie i have zero idea how to say this name um liram has has rulahu um of the dallas cowboys a human that i had literally never heard of before pulling these stats um both players had seven touchbacks um liram again even the first name I'm not super sure about. Um, I feel like we should just give him the tiebreaker because yeah. he is from Malta and made his NFL debut at the age of 31 this week. So very first game is the touchback player of the week. Um, hard to argue with that Absolutely. as far as success goes. As so, much as I like Jake Elliott, uh, and I like Jake Elliott, drafted by the Bengals, solid kicker. I mean, he's everybody knows that he's no Liram Hadrulahu. <laughs> yes. So, congratulations to both players um, for having the most kicks that made their opponents start their next drive 25 yards later. You kicked it really far. You kicked it with your feet. You're the touchback player of the week. Congratulations. All right. And Elijah. Can, how about you run down some of the news from this past week? Let's hit it. Um, very strangely, on the same day that Odell Beckham Jr. signed with the Rams, uh, Robert Woods tore his ACL. And it was kind of sketchy because it was kind of like, uh, after the fact, Robert Woods' knee was, we found out his knee was hurting earlier in the week. And then they signed Odell. And then right afterwards, it came out that Woods tore his ACL. Either way, for fantasy, Robert Woods is done for the year. Torn ACL. Very sad for Bobby Trees. Um, ben Roethlisberger uh, has tested positive for COVID and is symptomatic, even though he is vaccinated, um, and could miss this week against the Chargers, because obviously if you have symptoms, they are not going to let you play. Um, Aaron Jones uh, suffered a sprained MCL uh mild sprain as far as i can tell uh 
They are thinking that he'll be out one to two weeks. I would expect that to be a full two weeks because then they have their bye in week 13. Uh, so I think it's only smart for them to keep him out the next two, then give him the bye week and then have him come back, which is very sad for one of my fantasy teams. Um, AJ Green and Dallas Goddard left both of these games with concussions. Elijah Mitchell uh, suffered a broken finger, but is expected to play even though he's had surgery and had a pin put in. Uh, your fingers are important for yes. playing running back. Um, typically, that is the case. <laughs> when you get surgery, it hurts. Typically, that <laughs> is the case. I have uh, not gotten surgery, but that is my... That's what I've gathered, is that yeah. surgery is not great. Uh, but not great, Bob. Um, <laughs> but Elijah Mitchell is expected to play against the Jags, so that'll be interesting. We'll talk about uh, that a little bit later. Um, Donovan Peoples-Jones, wide receiver for the Browns, uh, hurt his groin at Wednesday's practice. You never like to see those midweek soft mm-hmm. tissue issues. Uh, so we'll see where that goes. Miles Sanders is designated to return from IR. So all of you Jordan Howard truthers, uh, it might be time to hang it up. I don't know um, how many truthers there are. I think the very reluctant truthers, <laughs> if that's the case. I don't know. It, I think I might be the only Jordan Howard truther on the planet. Uh, back when I, like, I don't even remember what the trade was for. I think my brother offered me Robert Woods, maybe for Jordan Howard when he was on the Bears, uh, and I was like, no way, this guy's going to be a top five running back. He wasn't a top five running back. Um, he has, I mean, in the past with the Bears, he was. So, uh, I remember first, not working out. Uh, his first year, thirteen hundred yards, six touchdowns. Even his last year with them, nine hundred yards and nine touchdowns. The touchdowns alone, while not probably making him top five running back, were that's pretty nice. So that's what I'm saying. He's real good. <laughs> uh, but looks like there. I don't know. The Eagles have come out and said that they want to make him a consistent part of the offense, and they've been rushing the ball more than ever since mm-hmm. Miles Sanders has been hurt. So, big old mystery. But keep an eye on it because the Eagles have a great playoff schedule for running backs. But anyways, this is the news section, not the analysis section. Miles Sanders designated to return from IR. Uh, Kyler Murray, who has been out for a couple weeks, returned to practice on Wednesday. It's still kind of uncertain if he's going to come back. They have a bye coming up soon, uh, but at least he was out there at practice on Wednesday. Um, Aaron Rodgers, who returned last week after having COVID, now has a toe injury. Uh, I would expect him to play, but something Mm -hmm. to keep an eye on there. Uh, James Robinson has a new injury to go along with the one that he missed before he now has a knee injury as well and did not practice on wednesday and then last but not least here alvin Kamara. this is positive injury news was limited in practice this week or limited in practice today after missing last week's practice so hope we can have alvin back yeah um Rounding up some more news, um, some additional do, did not practices on Wednesday include Marquise Brown from the Ravens, who we will talk about a little bit later, Allen Robinson, Jeremy McNichols, Ricky Seals-Jones, and Jared Goff. So um, certainly all situations worth monitoring. Um, and before we get into the rest of the episode, 
of course, we have to check up on my favorite flex uh, backup, Tony Pollard. So famously, Elijah said that he would eat his shorts if Tony Pollard was a running back two, um, top 24 running back three times um, after week two. And we finally got one, Tony Pollard truthers. Um, he was the RB 17 on the week this last week. I personally would feel very worried if I was Elijah's shorts um, because Tony Pollard still has a half a season to go and just needs two more now um, was like a half a point away from only needing one more. So I would not this feel is, good. This is fantasy football. It's not horseshoes. Uh, <laughs> being the RB 25 does not count as the RB 24. And we lost this week, but uh, we haven't lost the war. We're going to be okay. So since we are through the halfway point of the season now, um, we decided that we wanted to do a segment that um, sort of updated our best fantasy friends segment that we did before the season. Um, So if you remember back in July... Uh, both of us picked a handful of players that we felt we would try to get on multiple teams. Um, we're really targeting um, mostly for their values and breakout potential. Um, so I picked players like Jalen Hurts, Will Fuller, Miles Gaskin, Devon, uh, David Montgomery, and TJ Hawkinson. Um, a little bit of success there and uh, some wild misses like will fuller who i don't even know if he played double digit snaps this year um and then elijah who did you pick uh i had deontay johnson all of the Bengals wide receivers uh antonio gibson michael thomas Cortland sutton and mike davis i also have some <laughs> big hits and some big misses in there uh, you know, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins of, I mean, Jamar Chase has had the best rookie mm. wide receiver season ever by a lot. Uh, T. Higgins, Deontay Johnson has been a huge success. Uh, and I think I bought the injury dip a little bit too much with my best fantasy friends. It's something to remember for next year. Michael Thomas coming off the injury, still coming off the injury someday. Played incredibly played fewer snaps than will fuller did uh and mike davis might as well have played fewer snaps than will fuller uh because he got his job taken by old man patterson um but yeah so a lot of wide receivers there on my list and uh about a 50 percent hit rate yeah so um we decided we wanted since we had some mixed results um to have a second segment where we update this a little bit and pick a couple new friends to add to our social networks um bump up from acquaintances to full friends you know trade phone numbers uh have a group text mm. um you know think about doing a joining and letting them into the fantasy football league next year yeah um add them to the discord server yeah um so we both picked three players well elijah I cheated again <laughs> cheated a little bit but um 
we are going to go through those. They're players that we have um, oftentimes multiple places were, again, pretty nice values where you got them. Um, some of them, like my first two players, are still widely available. Um, I suspect that... I don't know if Elijah's are or not, but um, yes, you still could acquire them, especially if your trade deadline hasn't happened yet. Um, and players that we think could keep producing um, and have already produced for us. Um, I will. Uh, no, let's have Elijah start off. All right. I will do that. Um, so my first uh, player here is going to be Michael Carter running back for the New York Jets. Um, and I know what you're thinking. He plays for the Jets. But hear me out. So let's throw out week one because he wasn't really involved in that game. You know, first game for a rookie, yada, 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 reasons. Um, but from weeks two through ten, you know, all but that first week, Michael Carter is the running back 16 in PPR. That is a solid running back, too. Mm-hmm. And he's already had his bye week, so he's missed that week. And he's not going to have another bye later in the season. So you've got him for the rest of this. Um, and it's not like this RB16 ranking is off of two boom games, you know, where he just like had three touchdowns and a super long run or whatever. And then it's a bunch of like two point games. Uh, he has been giving consistent running back to flex numbers. He only has one game below nine and a half fantasy points in that stretch from week two to week 10. Um, so that's an every week flex start uh, mm-hmm. at a minimum. Um, and I really wanted to put him here because I've had him on my team all year and I keep starting other players over him because it's like, ah, he's a rookie, eyes ah, on the Jets. And then, you know, we talk about it, and I keep saying every week, middle of Sunday, <laughs> like, man, Michael Carter should be an every week start. Look at this consistency. And so, so do as I say, not as I do when you're listening to this one, and but do as I'm about to start doing. <laughs> which is starting Michael Carter every week because he's at at worst a flex play for the rest of the year. I don't think he has extreme upside because it's the Jets, but I think he has solid running back two upside that we've already seen, but his floor is just so consistent. Um, and I did want to add one little caveat to this, but I don't think it matters, but I would be remiss if I didn't say it. We just learned that Joe Flacco is about to start at quarterback for the Jets. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see what that does to him. But I'm not all that worried because, like, Joe Flacco has to be better than Zach Wilson, right? He just has uh, to. I mean, hypothetically, if nothing else, he has the experience that Wilson doesn't check have. So, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, and we are actually going to do a deep dive into the Jets um, here later in the episode. Um, so my first new BFF is going to be Kendrick Bourne. So, um, he is the wide receiver 32 on the season. So a very solid wide receiver three, um, since week three, he is actually the wide receiver 18 in PPR, um, and is actually the wide receiver 14 in standard since then. Um, so 
over the course of almost the full season is a wide receiver too. Um, he's actually been the wide receiver 14 in PPR since week six. So again, borderline top or, you know, wide receiver one for half of the season. Um, he's coming off the overall wide receiver five performance here in week 10. Um, and despite all this, he's rostered in just 16% of Yahoo and sleeper leagues. Um, so is very likely still available in at least one of your leagues. Um, I picked him up in two leagues, both very deep leagues, um, where, uh, he was still available and I just needed depth and he's been given me several very startable weeks. Um, at some points has given me, you know, borderline, uh, winning weeks and has, I think really in any format, Mike or Kendrick Bourne could, uh, you know, contribute to your fantasy team and has been really all year long. Mac Jones, is just going to continue to improve. Um, we've seen him, you know, steadily improve throughout the season. So, uh, and I, you know, he's borderline outperforming Jacoby Myers, who is widely rostered. So, um, yeah, I would say go out and pick up Kendrick Bourne. Um, he is one of my BFFs for the rest of the year. I just picked up Kendrick Bourne as you were talking in one of my leagues because you convinced me. I was like, oh, let me see if he's av- he's not available in our league of record. Uh, he got picked up today, I noticed. Uh, yeah. which... <laughs> Before um, the episode, they must have known something. But uh, yeah. In, or they, in... saw our, they saw our tweet where I sent that out basically saying the same thing a couple of, of days ago. We can only hope that they saw our tweet. Um, but yeah, in this other league. And I think I might just just pop him right into the lineup here uh i'm starting him in the dynasty league this week so yeah um, everybody starts in dynasty (laughs) um anyways this is the this is the new friends segment not the who did elijah just pick up segment um but that's very convincing i i mean i'm gonna put it to the test i'm gonna start kendrick Bourne and michael carter in the same league there's certainly a low floor aspect um he's i would say he's not necessarily a wide receiver too but even though that's what he's been scoring as i would consider him kind of a boom bust wide receiver three but the booms have been nice so especially um, this week against the falcons yeah there's a potential for a boom yes Um, definitely and this is a future past moment because uh they play thursday (laughs) yeah you may uh hopefully he has not already had a droppable week (laughs) yeah you're about to look really smart or really not um okay my next uh new bff back half bff uh is actually two players this is me cheating again and taking a whole position group from a team uh so this is the denver running backs that's melvin gordon and javante williams uh you know we talked about it before I did something like this in the preseason when quote unquote, one of my BFFs was the Bengals wide receivers, but that worked out pretty well for me. Uh, So I'm doing it again. Uh, Even though it's cheating, I don't think it matters because I really don't think it matters which of the Denver running backs are on your team Uh, for the back half of the season. I would lean slightly towards Javante Williams just because 
Rookies tend to get better and get more work as the season goes on. Uh, and he's their future running back. Melvin Gordon is not their future running back. But as we've seen so far this season, they're getting almost identical opportunities. And they're both producing running back, roughly running back two numbers. Melvin mm. is uh, has been stronger up to this point. He's running back 15 on the year, while Javante Williams is running back 26. Uh, heading into this week into their buy. Um, but the, I mean, so that's solid, you know, at a minimum flex. Uh, but the biggest reason that they're both my new friends is because Denver's schedule the rest of the season is remarkable. It's From so good. <laughs> week 12 through the rest of the year, every single opponent, except for the Chiefs, who give up the 16th most points to running backs. Every other opponent is top 10 for points allowed to the running back. So every single opponent that they have just lets running back score. And there is no other team in the league that has this favorable a schedule to the running back position. And so I'd expect both of these guys to finish even stronger than they've started so far this season. And I, I mean, I just, I can't pick one because they're both getting the same opportunities and they're both doing well with it. So whichever one you have on your team or whichever one you can go get, I would highly recommend it. Yes. Um, as someone that's relying on Melvin in um, the league I'm in with James Coe, that is, uh, <laughs> that's my hope that they both continue to uh, produce really solid numbers. Um so my next player should probably not come as a surprise to anyone. Um, it is the man, the myth, the legend, Dan Arnold, tight end for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, and I think that we may owe him a bit of an apology because he started out as our favorite mediocre tight end. Yep. But he's just a good tight end. I think right. he is. Uh, he has shed the mediocre status and is just good. Um, so he's the tight end 18 on the year. But that doesn't begin to explain his season. Um, as we know, was traded mid-season. Um, something that I don't think has ever worked out for a single pass catcher in NFL no. history. Usually bad. Um, Yes, just even if they're having an okay year, just invariably just absolutely tanks their year. Um, so he is the tight end seven since week five. I think he was traded after week three. So just plopped into a totally new team, totally different system. And within weeks uh, started producing at a high level. Um, he is actually the tight end three since week eight, um, even though he hasn't caught a touchdown during that time period. Like, this is how broken tight end is. Just <laughs> the tight end three has not caught a touchdown in three weeks um, and is still that high up on the list. Um, he also has 60 yards and at least four catches in four of his last five games. Um, That's pretty good. So, yeah, remarkable floor um, for, uh, you know, at a position that you're just hoping for literally anything like double digits. 
which is what he's basically scored in four of the last five weeks, is it just absolutely the goal at tight end. And he's still widely available. I think he's still rostered in less than half of leagues. So um, if you need tight end help, I you know can't imagine that there's probably a better option out there. Um, and obviously is a favorite of mine even before he started producing. And now that he's producing, um, has officially reached best fantasy friend status. Yeah, let it be known that you liked Dan Arnold before it was cool. I did. I was. At, we can show the receipts um, of me talking about Dan Arnold scoring <laughs> three touchdowns in four weeks with the Arizona Cardinals last year. So, um, yeah, I, I, I is maybe the most proud, um, you know, player that I was kind of on before anyone else of any player that exists so um yes i was into dan arnold before he was cool so i'm gonna talk about another tight end here as my last final or as my last fantasy friend uh and that is dawson knox you mentioned that uh dan arnold is the tight end three since week eight well dawson knox was the tight end three from weeks one through five and then he broke his hand and after breaking his hand through a two point conversion completion. So I don't know, I guess broken hands maybe aren't that big a deal. Eli Mitchell is going to be fine. Uh, But so Dawson Knox was the tight end three over those first five weeks. Then he got hurt. He came back this last week in week 10 and he only had one catch. Uh, but I don't expect that to be prescriptive for the rest of the year. Uh, This offense is electric. Josh Allen loves to throw the ball. He loves to throw long passes down the seam to Dawson Knox. He loves to throw touchdowns to Dawson Knox. I really expect this guy to come back to what he was early in the season. Uh, He is that league winner tight end at the beginning of the year that you picked up off of waivers. And since he's been hurt, he might still be on waivers or maybe somebody picked him up and was like, ah, crap, he only had one catch. So they dropped him again. Um, So you might be shaky, but I think his upside is pretty crazy with this high passing volume of the bills offense. Um, So that's a guy that I believe in as my final fantasy friend. Yeah, um, great pick. I am pulling up his roster percentage right now in oh, Yahoo. That to have. Yeah. Um, seven. Have. So 76% rostered. So, um, you know, not super available, but is still available in roughly a quarter of leagues. So um, certainly go get him if he is still out there for you. And I um, think if you can't pick him up off of waivers, I also think with his performances last week, you could throw an offer out and include it in a package deal. Like, ah, oh, why don't you just throw Dawson Knox in there too? Uh, and go, especially, from especially cause he was hurt. They, whoever is managing him probably had another option on their roster. Exactly. Um, so, you know, he, with, basically two kind of poor performances in a row between the game where he got injured and um, this last game plus 
you know, two games that he missed plus a bye week in there. Um, fantasy football memories are short, so um, it's very possible that your opponent to, or uh, the potential Knox manager, yes, um, does not remember just how good he was at the beginning of the year. Um, so finally, my fantasy BFF is Michael Pittman. I want I want to tell you a story about a day that my life changed. September 19th, 2021. One of the nicest people that I've ever played fantasy football with, um, a guy named Cole, who has been in our league of record since the beginning, drops Michael Pittman after week one. Um, it is Sunday morning. So I do not have a chance to pick him up before a eight catch game for 120 yards, but incredibly no one ahead of me in waiver priority puts in a claim either. Um, so it, the drop goes virtually unnoticed. Um, and I am able to roster Michael Pittman and am ecstatic about it because he was someone that I was targeting in a bunch of places in the draft only got in one place. Um, and yeah, was disappointed about it until I see him get dropped in a second league. Um, so yes, September 19th, I immediately put a waiver claim in for him. Um, even though at that time he is the wide receiver 76 coming off a pretty dismal first week. Um, since Cole dropped him, he is the wide receiver five on the season. Um, yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> um, so, uh, obviously I did not get to take advantage of that wide receiver 13 performance he had in week two was still chilling on waivers, but, um, have had him ever since have often started him in that league um, have started him in the other league that I have him obviously. And yeah, life is life is good for Michael Pittman owners. You probably got him pretty close to the double digit rounds, if not in the double digit rounds of your fantasy drafts, or maybe, you know, someone else dropped him after that poor performance week one. And you got him on waivers. Um, but Michael Pittman has absolutely taken a massive step forward, is a is looking like a, you know, uh top ten type wide receiver for the next couple of years. And uh yeah, I'm very glad to have him not just in this redraft league. Um maybe maybe he'll be my keeper next year. I haven't decided uh <laughs> what I'm going to do there yet. But um, not only do I have him in a redraft league, but also uh, was able to trade for him in a dynasty league. And I am very, very happy about it. Yeah. And if he wasn't on your list for this, he would have been on mine um, as I also have him in another league. And he's just, uh, he's a rock star. Uh, Yes. He's picking up the slack where DJ Moore is not. He's (laughs) yeah, he's great. DJ Moore, I noticed, is still in the top five in targets on the year. Um, I think if certainly 
the quarterback situation in Carolina hadn't have gone south uh, like it did, I think he would have been a qualifier for this list. But uh, hey, Cam Newton, man. Yeah, it could happen. Most accurate quarterback out there. He's here for <laughs> DJ Moore. Um, I th- we we'll get into the Panthers. Um, but before we do that, you are going to talk about the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, let's get into uh into these team previews. We're gonna do a couple uh and then take a a break and then come back and do the rest. Got to hear from our. Uh, ruminations radio network compatriots uh, but first starting with the baltimore ravens so they play the chicago bears this week the ravens are six and three the bears are three and six this is a 45 point over under and the ravens are five point road favorites uh coming off of what people tell me was one of the worst games to watch ever um <laughs> losing 22 to 10 to the Miami Dolphins on Thursday night last week. Uh that was a game that I didn't have the opportunity to watch but kind of followed along and then afterwards just Twitter was angry. Everybody was so <laughs> upset that they spent the time to watch that game. So I'm glad that I missed it. Um but yeah, so coming off a very surprising loss to the Miami Dolphins um and Lamar ended up uh last week kind of salvaging his week late um but i mean that's what lamar does when you rush for 40 yards that improves your baseline uh he is the quarterback five on the season um and the bears are a decent matchup for uh fantasy quarterbacks so i i mean you're not sitting lamar jackson unless mm. and this is some news that we didn't talk about at the top that he did not practice on wednesday uh, but it looks like it is a non-COVID related illness and Harbaugh was not concerned about it. Um, but definitely something to keep an eye on that. Uh, well, if he's sick and he can't play, then you <laughs> wouldn't start Lamar Jackson. Um, yes. But you're starting him in this matchup. You're starting him every week. Um, he just, that rushing baseline is ridiculous. Um, and he always seems to be better when he doesn't throw a lot of passes because then he's just hyper efficient on it um last week against the dolphins he threw the ball 43 times and uh that didn't really go so well yeah i think the most encouraging thing for lamar's fantasy value this year is that the passing has kind of begun to match the rushing production so obviously he's always been a fantastic uh running quarterback um and but with the exception of his mvp season um where even then the yards weren't particularly there um it was mostly you know i think 35 passing touchdowns or something like that um the but this year the yards have actually caught up so he is eighth on the year in passing yards and combining that with seventh in the league among all players, not quarterbacks, uh, in rushing yards. So you have a top 10 running back along with now a top 10 passer. Um, and I wouldn't be super surprised if, you know, that quarterback five status ends up, uh, climbing before the year is out. 
Yeah, and I think part of it, too, has to do with his weapons starting to get a little bit better. Uh, And so Marquise Brown, we talked about earlier, was a DMP uh, today. Um, But so far, he's the wide receiver eight on the season. Uh, Against the Dolphins, didn't have a good look. But pretty much every other game this season, Hollywood has showed up for you. So again, if he's out there, uh, the Bears are a great matchup for wide receivers, um, giving up the fourth most points. Uh, so I definitely think that Hollywood is there. And so is his rookie teammate, Rashad Bateman, who was on the edge of uh, new friends territory for me when I was looking at it. Uh, he's hardly played so far this season because he started hurt. Um, but all he does is go out there and score more than 10 points and catch the ball at least six times. Uh, I mean, last week against the Dolphins, it was a lot of garbage time points, but garbage time counts for fantasy. Mm-hmm. Uh, ended up with 14 PPR points. Um, and he has yet to get in the end zone, but he has the target share that can keep him you know, close to those end zone opportunities. So... With the addition of Bateman, uh, along with Hollywood Brown, and then along with tight end two on the season, Mark Andrews, uh, Lamar finally has some consistent weapons to throw to. You know, that's not the likes of like Willie Sneed. Um, <laughs> so I, I really think you can start all of those guys, uh, with the exception of maybe Hollywood Brown if he doesn't play. Obviously, it's you know start Lamar and his pass catchers unless they're sick or hurt, Um, which is something that we haven't ever been able to say before. It's always been start Lamar, start Mark Andrews. You can't really trust the running back. (laughs) Right. Um, Which speaking of which um, the Ravens released Le'Veon Bell this past Tuesday. Um, I don't know if this brings any clarity to the running back room, um, what do you think, Elijah? I think it just means that Latavius Murray is ready to come back. I think that's the clarity that it brings. Uh, if you were a Tyson Williams truther, uh, it's time to give up. Uh, I think that the, I think all the Tyson Williams truthers have long since left the building. Yeah, they uh, maybe they're hanging out at the Holiday Inn with the Jordan Howard truthers. <laughs> Uh, just trying to find that golden era. Uh, yeah, Tyson Williams is is not, you know, he didn't get, he's not involved in the offense. I think it's going to be uh, Latavius Murray, Devonta Freeman, uh, no more Le'Veon Bell. I don't really think that I'm trusting... Latavius Murray in his first week back from injury. Um, and let, you know, let's be clear here. We haven't gotten any word that Latavius Murray is starting this week. Um, but with the release of Le'Veon Bell, I, I, there's no way that they're like, Oh yeah, Devonta Freeman. He, we're just going to give him the entire backfield. We don't even need Le'Veon Bell. And like, that's not going to happen. It's Latavius Murray must be coming back. Uh, mm-hmm. and, I don't want to trust either of those guys this week. Um, I would look for a different option if you could. Yeah. um, Agreed. So my first uh, team that I'm going to talk about is the San Francisco 49ers who are four and five um, traveling to Jacksonville to take on the Jaguars two and seven. 
It is a 45 and a half point over under and the 49ers are favored by six and a half. So um, to start with um, Jimmy Garoppolo clearly (laughs) was not surpassed by Trey Lance this past week after a uh, thumping of the or thumping by the hands of the Rams because they were the ones that did the thumping of the Rams. Um, it didn't really need to pass the ball a whole lot, less than 20 attempts, um, for 182 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, you even, um, in a plum matchup, I don't really see you even streaming, uh, Jimmy G against the Jaguars. Um, it just like the volume isn't there. Um, this is a very much a run first team. Um, led by Elijah Mitchell, uh, who we are hoping will be in the starting lineup this week following that hand injury that we talked about at the beginning of the show. Um, he is actually, believe it or not, 10th in the, on the season in rushing yards. So um, even though has been banged up a little bit and uh, you know didn't even necessarily start the season as the starter. So um, Elijah Mitchell... Uh, if he's healthy, you are absolutely playing. Um, hasn't been super involved in the passing game, but uh, has done very nicely for a guy that you more or less got for free. Um, so before we get too deep into the Eli Mitchell conversations, I just want to circle back to Jimmy Garoppolo that I totally agree with you. I wouldn't start Jimmy Garoppolo this week, but Jimmy Garoppolo has the potential to pull if he stays as the quarterback the rest of the year, he has the potential to give us a, a story like the, the Blake Bortles fantasy championships, the Alex Smith fantasy championships of old with his schedule that uh, weeks 15 through 17, which should be the fantasy playoffs for most leagues. Uh, each of those three matchups are top 10 for the quarterback position. So I'm just saying he's got the schedule and schedule isn't everything, but he's somebody that I think could surprise at the end of the year. And if that story that you told last week ends up, you know, you were just profiting a little too soon (laughs) and Jimmy G loses the job here in a couple weeks. And that's Trey Lance with that schedule at the end. Mm -hmm. That's league winner potential in that way too. But I think that even, even lowly Jimmy Garoppolo could have streamer potential in the fantasy playoffs. If you are brave enough, I know that he's missed a game and had his bye, but I, I don't think I'd be brave enough for it. He's believe it or not has fewer fantasy points than Sam Darnold. (laughs) So, not not great yeah but sam darnold was also like a top five quarterback the first three weeks at least a top five russian quarterback which is <laughs> bizarre to say but um, I, it, it is it is bold it is brazen it is you know uncomfortable i'm not saying pick him up now do definitely do not do that but he's gonna stay on the waiver wire if he keeps having this job and that fantasy playoff schedule is uh it's just really good and don't start him over your studs if you know if you've got a josh allen if you've got you know 
one of those every week starts. Josh Allen has a bad playoff schedule, but you know, you're not starting Jimmy G in good matchups over Josh Allen. But if you end up in a situation where, I don't know, you've been streaming QB all season, you could do worse than Jimmy G and you could do much worse than Trey Lance. If he ends up getting the job. Wouldn't it be something if they thumped the Rams and only to like lose to the Jags and that's the game that Jimmy G gets benched? <laughs> Honestly, I I wouldn't be shocked at this point. The the last couple of weeks in the NFL have been absolutely bonkers. I could see it happening. Yes. Um so one of the players that has benefited the most from um or really uh I don't know how I want to describe this. He's been great, <laughs> basically, <laughs> is Devo Samuel. Yeah. Um, absolute beast. Uh, is the overall wide receiver, too, on the season. Uh, outperforming, uh, uh, transcending, there yeah. we go, his quarterback play. Um, had almost his quarterback play. Yes. Um has almost had almost a hundred yards receiving this past week, 36 yards rushing, uh, two touchdowns, has almost a thousand yards on the season, um, has seven total touchdowns, include uh, which includes two rushing ones, um, has been an absolute monster for a guy that I don't know what his ADP was, it was not high though. Um, uh, it was in the, the late rounds the late i think it was late single digits still but it was like eighth Mm. or ninth round yeah so debo has been an absolute beast has stayed healthy um is basically what we always had hoped um and when he whenever he flashed in the rare chances that he was healthy so um yes uh you're starting debo samuel uh with confidence um has been an absolute league winner this year. Um, a player that you're likely not starting with any confidence, you know, Lord help you if you uh, are being forced into starting him is Brandon Ayuk. Um, so uh, we're still kind of very much on the is Brandon Ayuk any good uh, watch. So, um, after I think he caught a touchdown in week nine, okay. uh, just three catches for 26 yards last week, um, just 22 receptions on the season for him uh, for 256 yards. So uh, probably not starting him anywhere outside of a desperation deep league flyer. Yeah, uh, it took me a second to pull up the stats. So sorry to to interrupt the Brandon Ayuk here, but I'm circling back once again. Um, I just wanted to put into perspective a little bit what Debo Samuel has done. Um, and I can't find the exact stat up to week 10, uh, but through week seven, uh, there are zero wide receivers in 49ers history that have had as many receiving yards through seven games as Debo Samuel has had this year. You might remember Jerry Rice played for the 49ers. I've Uh, heard of him. Yeah, he's pretty good. Uh, Only six players since the NFL merger have ever had more receiving yards through seven games than Debo Samuel. Uh, 
so I I mean it's just like he is in a historical category for how great he's playing and you know it's not Patrick Mahomes throwing him the ball mm. it's Jimmy Garoppolo throwing him the ball so I don't know I just wanted I I had heard that stat a little bit ago and wanted to bring it up just to heap my praises on Debo Samuel here uh, for this ridiculous season that he's having. I, I think that is, I heard his nine game pace or, or, you know, where he is through nine games is second to only Jerry Rice in 49ers history in um, yeah, yards as well. Uh, second on the season and uh, receiving yards uh, fourth in yards per reception has yeah like we said just been totally awesome um and hopefully it will keep up yeah um, uh, so we can get back to talking about the the lesser wide receiver here uh the the Brandon Ayuk talk can resume yeah there's not too much else i want to say about <laughs> Brandon Ayuk i mean it, it is a nice matchup um the jaguars giving up the 10th most points to wide receivers and Theoretically, Debo can't get all the points. Um, I mean, Ayuk would be the top candidate for <laughs> uh, getting the the rest of them. But um, yeah, I can't imagine that anyone is starting Ayuk with any sort of confidence. He's just not shown any consistency at all this year. Um, George Kittle um, has now a at least a game or two games, I think back under his belt since returning from injury, um, had a nice stat line, uh, with five catches for 50 yards and a touchdown this last week is, you know, when healthy, one of the elite tight end plays, um, that you can have and will continue to do so. Um, fairly nice matchup against the Jags. Um, they give up the 11th most points to tight ends. So, um, yeah, obviously, uh, it, if you have George Kittle, he's an auto start. Um, any last thoughts on the 49ers, on the Ravens, on the Super Bowl that the two played against each other <laughs> 10 outage. years ago? <laughs> um, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't find it. It's a little harder to find for defenses. Uh, but I just did want to mention that the 49ers defense is fairly available. Um, and I think they're a smash start this week against the Jaguars who give up the second most points uh, to opposing fantasy defenses. Uh, so if you're streaming defense like I am, unfortunately the 49ers aren't available in any of my leagues. Um, but if they're available in yours, I think they're a pick up and play this week for sure. Yes. Yeah, so I bet I can find it here in the next second or so. And 79% rostered in Yahoo. So, um, no, more even, rostered than I thought, but well, Ed uh, up 34% in the last day. So, uh, okay. we record this on Wednesdays and obviously, um, waivers have run, but, are still 21% available. So there's a one in five chance that they are still floating out there. Um, uh, coming off a Rams game where I'm sure they were widely dropped. Um, even yeah, though they ended up performing incredibly well. So um, yes, if you either held on to them through the Rams game or um, 
even potentially started them. I've had a couple instances with the Patriots defense where I have uh, started them through a bad matchup just to get through a good mat, get you know back to a good matchup, and rode off the week. Even though <laughs> the Patriots defense actually has not uh, given me any trouble with that strategy this year. No, um, but uh, yeah, if you still have the 49ers defense or they're out there, absolutely pick them up. We are going to take a quick break and we will see you on the other side of it for more previews. Do you want more amazing content just like this? Great shows with fun hosts. Do you want to indulge in some great discussion and rumination on a variety of topics? Join us at ruminationsradionetwork.com the newest home to a diverse cast of podcasters and masterminds. And we're back. So we are going to talk about um, a team for the first time this entire season, um, almost exclusively because they are playing the moribund Miami Dolphins. Um, and it's going to be one of the only chances that we get to talk about them this year to cross them off our list of teams that we need to talk about at least once and that elijah is the new york jets that is the new york jets who you know when we chose the jets to talk about this week because they were playing the lowly dolphins that was prior to the lowly dolphins crushing the perceived to be not so lowly baltimore ravens so i don't know if the dolphins are quite as moribund as uh as we think, but I, I mean, I think they probably are. This is going to be a crapshoot of a game. Uh, the, the jets two and seven, they're home to the dolphins who are three and seven. It's a 45 point over under dolphins are favored. Uh, so that just tells you how bad the jets are. Uh, last week, the jets lost 45 to 17 to the bills. And last week we were talking about the bills and they had just come off of losing six to nine to the Jags. And we were wondering, Oh man, is, is this another trap or the bills going to lose the, the bills? No way. The bills were angry and they took it out on the jets. Uh, so the Jets coming into this week, as we mentioned earlier, they have just announced that Joe Flacco is going to be the starter. He is dethroning the mighty Mike White as the starter for the Jets. Uh, it was fun while it lasted. It was really fun. It was especially fun for Michael Carter because Mike White did nothing but check the ball down to Michael Carter. So we'll see. I don't know if that was like a Mike to Michael thing that was just really important to him or not, but hopefully Joe also likes Michael. Um, so two of Flacco's three passes last week went to Elijah Moore and then another one to, you know, real human being Braxton Berrios. Um, that is not anything that we can, you know, Elijah Moore and his 66% target share from Joe Flacco. That's obviously not going to be the case. It it just depends. It's hard to say. I did not go back and watch this game. Um, so it's hard to say if, um, that came from Joe Flacco just really liking Elijah Moore, or if it came from the Jets being down forty-five to seventeen and no one else being on the field. Right. Um, I'm sure someone could tell me what that answer is. I we got to find some matter. Jets beat reporters and get them on the pod. 
but yeah, so who the heck knows what Joe Flacco is going to do? I think that uh, Joe Flacco is old. I think that Joe Flacco can't run. I think that Joe Flacco is smart. And that's about all I know. And he has really great hair. Uh, yeah. that's, that's really all I know about Joe Flacco at this moment. At, so yeah, we'll at this see stage in his career. Uh, but I mean, I think if nothing else, he has to be an upgrade for the pass catchers just because especially from the beginning of the year, because Zach Wilson is like the lowest rated quarterback in the history of quarterbacks. Um, so I am optimistic that this means good things for the pass catchers. Uh, and I mean, I feel like it's got to because the pass catch has been so bad. Um, so I talked in our you know, new friends segment about Michael Carter, and I still definitely believe in Michael Carter rookie that is only getting better as the year goes on. Uh, he's getting roughly 20 opportunities a game for these last few weeks, which is huge at the running back position, getting into the end zone. He hasn't been incredibly efficient, but who has on the jets? Um, but I think from an opportunity standpoint, Michael Carter is definitely someone that you can start this week, um, even though the running back position is the only spot that the Dolphins are okay against on defense. Um, but they're still not great there. Um, but starting Michael Carter this week, I think he's an every week start for the rest of the year at, at Flex. Uh, and then the the rest of the question is like, we don't even have a tight end listed in the doc. I don't know who <laughs> plays tight end for them. Uh, it was clearly not worth it. <laughs> um, but the, the rest of the question mark is the pass catchers. Uh, Jamison Crowder was hurt for a lot of the year uh, has been okay. Since he came back, he was paltry last week. Uh, Corey Davis had almost a hundred yards last week. Uh, and five catches. So that was a startable game. Um, and Elijah Moore has been in and out of the lineup, up and down in fantasy, uh, but scored more than 10 PPR fantasy points last week as well. Uh, I really think that if you feel like it, you could take a shot on Elijah Moore and you could take a shot at Jamison Crowder and you could take a shot at Corey Davis but I have no confidence in any of them. I think if there's anyone that I might have confidence in, it's just the unknown of Elijah Moore. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, you know, we have seen Jamison Crowder do what Jamison Crowder does. We have seen Corey Davis do what Corey Davis does. Uh, we haven't seen the untapped potential of Elijah Moore. And so I think if there's a bench stash and maybe even a, a desperation start this week against the Dolphins who give up the third most points to fantasy wide receivers. I think I'm leaning Elijah Moore there beyond anybody. Yeah, I I agree. Elijah Moore is kind of the player that is most intriguing of this group. Um, you know, the new hotness, as they say mm-hmm. um, on other podcasts. And also, like we said, at least showed some sort of connection to joe flacco last week um i think i'd be very willing to um you know consider Corey davis though um is actually believe it or not like on a 16 game thousand yard pace um so 
uh, and has, you know, scored a half decent amount of time. So, you know, do I feel great if I'm like starting Corey Davis or Elijah Moore? No, they're not much more than probably wide receiver fours. Um, if, if that, um, but certainly in a deeper league, I think that Corey Davis is probably worth a flex. Um, and then, yeah, the, the new hotness of Elijah Moore is, uh, you know, just if he's out there on your waivers, I don't know his roster percentage, but, um, you know, that's certainly worth a pickup and a speculative ad. We've seen wide receivers get better through their rookie year, pretty much, um, uh, you know, through throughout the league. So, um, yeah, Elijah Moore, I think, or, or Corey Davis, none of the other ones, you know, Jamison Crowder, Braxton Berrios, Keelan Cole, none of the other ones are worth the shot, really. But um, either of those players, I think, are worth rostering and potentially worth uh flexing in this matchup yeah i definitely i I think that you could do a desperation flex on honestly on any three um but uh cory davis and elijah moore at the top of that uh for a little bit of season long context and obviously some of these wide receivers have missed some games uh cory davis is the wide receiver 40 on the year Elijah Moore is the wide receiver 51 on the year. Corey Davis has missed time though. So right. that um something yeah. to keep in mind. Yeah, and if I'm not mistaken, Elijah Moore has uh missed some time as well. Um so I will vet that right now. Yeah, Elijah Moore missed two games and <laughs> went for negative three receiving yards in the first game. Um, that's worse. Than, that's worse than Kadarius Tony did. I know. Uh, so I mean, Elijah Moore the last four weeks has had no less than ten fantasy points. Uh, so there's something going there. And fantasy playoffs has some great matchups. Um, so he's the guy with the most potential. Um, but yeah, that's for context. Corey Davis wide receiver forty. Elijah Moore wide receiver fifty one. Uh, and Jamison Crowder, wide receiver, 66 on the season. All of them have missed games, though, so that is uh, a little bit skewed. Um, so there are fantasy points to be had, especially in this matchup mm-hmm. where the Dolphins are just bad at defense this year, even though they should be good at defense. They have good players, but they're bad at defense. Um, and so I think that there are some desperation flexes that you could have in the wide receiver group and Michael Carter should be in your lineup around running back to flex. I think the rest of the year. Yeah. The dolphins have played better the last few games. Um, but I mean, I think we have enough of a sample size to know that that is probably not who they are this year. Yeah. Um, they are top 10 in pretty much every, uh, category uh, for fantasy points allowed with the exception of running back where they're 19th. So um, yeah, there, I think we have enough of a sample size where it's pretty obvious that you can still start players against them with largely with confidence. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> now it is, time. it is time. The Carolina Panthers. Oh, <laughs> be still my heart. Cam Newton swooping in to save this segment from what would have been probably a 45 minute rant. <laughs> um, I don't know 
what will happen the rest of the season with Cam Newton. It could very well be a disaster. He could very well be super washed and look just gross and never really integrate into the offense. But at least we always have that Cardinals game, which was one of the most magical football games I have ever watched. Um, To see Cam Newton come in, you know, just on the goal line, break a tackle and score a touchdown on his first play back with the team. It was beautiful. And then come back, not even like 10 minutes later of real time, and score another one. It will live in Panthers lore for eternity um, against a team with the best record in the NFL um, to beat them down. Oh, we always will have the Cardinals game, Panthers fans. What um, uh, what feels better? Was it the the Super Bowl appearance, the NFC Championship game victory? Uh, pick whichever one or this Cardinals game. Where does it rank? Uh, in I mean, score? I, so number one is obviously the 2003 Super Bowl. Um, I don't know how you necessarily choose anything else. Uh, it was the most, you know, the, the most legendary, I think season in Panthers history. Um, the 96 season, um where they went to the NFC championship in just their second year. Um that's a incredibly special year. Um I would maybe even put the so obviously 2015 incredible year, incredibly disappointing though how it ended um for what could have ended up if they won the Super Bowl being considered one of the great teams in NFL history. I mean they went 15 and 1. That's uh, only That's one good. other team has done that and won the Super Bowl. Um, uh, and that being the 85 Bears. Um, so, yeah, I think that it. I mean, but as far as like individual regular season games, like how can that not be that hot, like high up there? I think as far as individual regular season games, I think of like the Seahawks game they won in 2015 um, mm. on like a last second Greg Olson catch. Um, there, there are definitely, you know, incredible moments from Panthers history in the regular season, but this is up there. I mean, the storylines, the result, the opponent, everything just clicked to be a, incredibly special moment in panthers history and yes i am beaming i showed up to the i showed up to record the podcast wearing a panthers jersey over a panthers t-shirt wearing a panthers hat and a panthers scarf and a pair of aviators uh, just because i was just because i was really feeling it elijah was very confused (laughs) because he had no idea what was going on um now i understand Yes, the the Panthers had one of their most memorable games in fr- regular season games, certainly in franchise history, um, and it was truly unforgettable, um, especially considering where they were just two weeks ago. Unforgettable. Um, Cam Newton is 
more or less expected to start, um, coincidentally, against Ron Rivera's Washington football team. We haven't even talked, like, lines, anything. <laughs> uh, it's a 43.5 point over under, and the Panthers are favored by 3.5. Um, well, that 43 point over under, that's even lower than the Jets game. Yes. Speaking Ugh. of the Jets, I have a note here. It, it's kind of a bummer one, but the only team to score less than 24 points against the Jets this year was the Panthers in week one with just 19. Weird little stat that I noticed, but that was the Sam Darnold Jets or the Sam Darnold Panthers. This is the Cam Newton Panthers. It's back. The swagger <laughs> is back. <laughs> um, Again, it could very well be a disaster the rest of the year. Uh, we saw Cam Newton for like single digit plays. <laughs> yeah, and but, just just so everybody knows, in the doc, you know, there there aren't really stats for Cam this season except for those couple. So in the doc, Nick just wrote Cam Newton LFG. All which, caps. All caps. But, that should have just been the entire breakdown. I, I should have. <laughs> who even cares about all these other guys? Yeah. Um, uh, Cam Newton. Uh, I he's show back. title right there. Yes, Cam Newton, LFG. That's <laughs> gonna be. The, let, let's let's get into the rest of it. We let's <laughs> we spent enough time on you. You've never let me talk this long about the Bengals. Let's let's get into the rest of the Panthers. Preview. I mean, you just never took this much time to talk about <laughs> okay, the Bengals. Fair enough. You have to seize the moment. Um, so Christian McCaffrey, um, auto start. Pretty good at football. Yeah, pretty good at football. When healthy, he's not even playing this full array of snaps yet. Um, had 150 plus yards. Um, was, I think, the top running back on the week, despite not scoring a touchdown. Um, is, you know, oh, you drafted him what at the 101 for a reason. And, um, you know, when healthy, you're going to be starting him. Um, DJ Moore is an interesting case. Um started off the season red hot um has kind of fallen to the wide receiver 18 on the year is i think still in the top five like i said at the earlier in the show in targets on the year just the quality of targets has obviously gone down between sam darnold and pj walker um he has a history with cam so i think um you know i'm not super concerned about dj moore's production um assuming cam still can sling the biscuit as they say on the, around the NFL podcast. Um, Robbie Anderson uh, scored the touch receiving touchdown, both players, uh, you know, largely with PJ Walker, but both players had decent targets last week. If mediocre catch and yardage numbers, um, I still think DJ Moore probably a top end wide receiver too. Um, even though if we don't know what kind of Cam Newton we are getting, um, Robbie Anderson, I think is back in certainly rosterable territory, um, with Cam, um, where before that was very much not the case. Um, and then the only other thing I want to, well, two more things I want to consider. Um, Terrace Marshall was a very popular offseason sleeper, um, has kind of been surpassed by Brandon Zilstra, um, a player who 
real I did life not human. know exist. Yes, real life human Brandon Zilstra. I'm a real boy. Um, did not know existed before this season. Um, has caught all ten of his targets. Um, for 157 yards. Um, who is the guy? There was a Panther. The um, at the beginning of the teens who um went to wafford which was where the uh panthers had their training camp and was always good for like exactly one catch a game that that is brandon zilster now i will try to figure it out i actually remembered it a couple weeks ago Um, i couldn't tell you but i i think that is very much brandon zilster right now you know good for like a catch for a first down per game and you're like oh yeah there he is <laughs> um but he's kind of weirdly surpassed brandon or terrace marshall who was a second round pick for the panthers um he played 44 percent of the snaps this past week to marshall's 24 so um yeah i'm very kind of troubling sign for a second round pick that was kind of expected to come in and be a major contributor right away. Um, the only other thing uh, is the backup situation, especially with Christian McCaffrey, not necessarily playing his full array of snaps. Um, I think Amir Abdullah might actually be the running back to have um, at this point um, was much more productive in at the very least the passing game than Chuba Hubbard this past week. And which is kind of what we've been seeing is that they're using Abdullah a lot in the passing game, uh, even when Chuba was the starter. So um, yeah, if you need a speculative ad or a handcuff ad, um, Amir Abdullah might be the guy at this point. Um, 13 opportunities, including nine rushes and four targets this last week. So, um, versus Chuba's just nine, although Chuba did score. Um, the, you know, the Washington football team is a great matchup pretty much across the board. Um, but especially at wide receiver. So, you know, circling back to DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, um, they're giving up the second most points to wide receivers. So either one of those players, uh, again, DJ Moore, you're starting as a wide receiver too. If you want to take a flyer on Robbie Anderson this week, it's certainly warranted against a Washington football team, giving up the second most points to receivers. Um, and even cam might be an interesting streamer. The Washington football teams giving up the most points to, uh, fantasy quarterbacks. So, yeah, I am flying high. Do not know if I will be this high on the Panthers for a very long time. Seventh seed in the playoffs right now. How beautiful would it be if they like knock out the Saints from the playoffs, um, from the playoff picture? Just would warm my heart so much. <laughs> mm. I, I bet it would. I, I really, I bet that it would. It's not going to happen. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm sure that you would enjoy it. <laughs> um, let's get into this last game, shall we? Uh, yes. Kansas City Chiefs versus the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, this is the game of the week for real-life football and especially for fantasy football. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Chiefs are 6-4. and four. 
And they are home to the Dallas Cowboys, who are 7-2. and two. This is a 56-point over-under. The Chiefs are only 2.5-point home favorites. Uh, there have been some questions about the Chiefs this season. They have lost mm-hmm. to some bad teams, uh, and they have played poorly. And Patrick Mahomes has played pretty poorly. Uh, going into last week, he wasn't the overall QB1. Uh, but then they... <laughs> then last week happened. Then last week happened, and they beat the Raiders 41-14. to And Patrick Mahomes had 35 completions on 50 attempts for 406 yards, five touchdowns, and no interceptions. It's pretty good. This man is ridiculous. I mean, that is like... I. That's just that's really good. I, I mean, there's just no other way to say it. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, even though he's been up and down this season, he has not returned the value of that second round draft pick, uh, maybe third round if you were lucky. Um, but he is a quarterback that you just have to start every week and trust because he can any given week go for 405. Um, so smash start for Patrick Mahomes in this matchup that is, you know, a 56 point over under and Dallas is a decent defense. Uh, they don't give up top 10 points to anything. They're middle of the pack against QBs, wide receivers, tight ends. Um, and they're good against running backs. Um, but I mean, you just kind of start everybody that you usually start in this matchup. Um, and, you know, that goes for Tyree Kill, who was eight catches for 119 yards last week. Uh, or, sorry, that was Travis Kelsey's line because <laughs> Travis Kelsey is a tight end that is uh, has lines like wide receivers. So that goes for Travis Kelsey, who was eight catches for 119 yards that last week. That goes for Tyree Kill, who was seven catches for 83 yards and two touchdowns, um, plus a two-yard run. Um <laughs> Got to get you know, that in there too. You're starting those pass catchers. And then the player that has really benefited me in some leagues as not somebody that had Clyde Edwards Alaire on any teams, but did have Daryl Williams on some teams just in case I have reaped the rewards of that, um, that Daryl Williams is the running back 20 on the season. Um, and while I'm talking about this, can you look up what he is since Clyde Edwards Alaire? Uh, got hurt because that's got to be ridiculous. Sure. Um, so last week, this guy, he was only 11 for 43 on the ground against the Raiders, but he had nine targets for nine receptions, 101 yards, and a receiving score. Daryl Williams just went nuts. And you think, oh, well, Clyde Edwards Lair is supposed to be back now, right? Wrong. Daryl Williams looks to be the starter. Uh, this is back-to-back headlines from Roto World uh, on the 15th. So two days ago, as we're recording this, Chiefs coach Andy Reid said Clyde Edwards-Alaire has a pretty good chance to play in Week 11 against the Cowboys. And then today, just two days later, quote, Coach Andy Reid said, quote, there's a chance the Chiefs don't activate Clyde Edwards-Alaire until after next week's bye. So that means that CEH is not back until potentially week 13 
after their bye week. So Daryl Williams, again, start him up uh, this week against the Cowboys because there's no CEH. And I do have those numbers for you. So he, uh, uh, Clyde got injured in week five. If we take it from week five, he is the running back six. Um, if we take it from week six, which was his first start, um, he is the running back four. Doggies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Daryl Williams has just been a godsend to anybody that uh, either had CEH on their team or somebody like me who was just kind of waiting for an injury uh, had Daryl Williams and has been able to start him as an RB1, you know, a top five running back uh, since he got the job. Yeah. Um, so like we said, um, my one thing though, like we said, uh, Clyde might not be back this week. That very well seems like he might not be. Um, especially cause the chiefs don't seem to really know themselves, <laughs> uh, which is never a good sign. Um, I'm hesitant once Clyde gets back, even starting either of them that first week. I, I think that um, I really want to see what this breakdown is because there's been talk about Daryl Williams, you know, he, either keeping the job or, you know, keeping a significant role in the offense. And while Clyde was trending upwards when he got injured, um, it's just really hard to know until we see it, what that breakdown is going to be unless someone, you know, says <laughs> going into that game. Yeah. Daryl or Daryl's going to be the guy or Clyde's going to be the guy. Um, you know, do we see Clyde come in and take over everything? Does Daryl Williams keep the role as the starter? Is it a 50, 50 timeshare? Is it a 60, 40 timeshare? We really have no idea what's what that's going to be like once Clyde comes back. So um, if, if somehow Clyde gets activated this week, I would like to wait and see. Um, if not, obviously, you're just starting Daryl Williams with confidence. Um, but if, uh, yeah, once Clyde does come back, I'm hesitant to start either of them without more information. And that more information might be a game. Yeah, I I think that's totally fair. I really, Andy Reid has historically liked one running back. You know, he mm -hmm. is always in his offenses, just had one guy. And so I'd expect that when Clyde Edwards-Alaire comes back, it's just back to the Clyde Edwards-Alaire show. But Darrell Williams has really proved how valuable he can be, um, both as a rusher and as a receiver, as we saw last week, um, with that big receiving performance. Uh, so I'm with you. Maybe you're hesitant when he comes back, it, but it is you know, how many other better options might you have at running back when he comes back? You'd have to see. Um, but uh, as long as there's only one guy, start them up. Yes, definitely. Um, so unless you ha wanted to talk about any of the ancillary. Yes, yeah, that was right. Ancillary wide receivers um that's gonna be our show we usually end with the speed round but most of our speed round people ended up being uh fantasy bffs so we were like eh, let's just talk about them there um 
we do, however, have a special uh, episode coming up. So next week is Thanksgiving. And so next week, we are actually going to release two episodes, um, a hopefully shorter Thanksgiving <laughs> preview, um, and a- along with our normally scheduled podcast. Um, we're also going to try to release both of those a little bit early, so um, hopefully the Thanksgiving preview will come uh, either Monday or Tuesday, and I think the regular episode will be Thursday. Um, if we are able to manage we all can that. Do it. Yeah, yes. we can make it happen. Um, so, yeah, be on the lookout for both of those episodes next week um, for the, you know, biggest football week of the year, really. Um, at least, you know, more island games than at any point in the year. So right. very excited for more Good time off work you know yes i mean you can just sit there and watch football all day on thursday you know super bowl sunday you can watch the super bowl but the next day you got to go to work mm. this is still the case for lots of people on thanksgiving but <laughs> you have three games on thanksgiving and then yes. more football that sunday it's it's a great week for football more more time for football more time to listen to our podcast it's a win-win all around absolutely um so yeah be on the lookout for that um and uh, with that said i am nick luciano you can follow me on twitter at nick g luciano and i'm elijah motica you can follow me on twitter at elijah motica and be sure to follow the show as well at 25 y l f f and while you're at it rate and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform yeah I don't know if you noticed, Elijah, I actually looked at the Apple stats the other day, and we have four five-star reviews. Oh, that's good. Maybe we'll read one on the next show. Um, I do not know if we have actually any written reviews, but we have we have stars, at least. All right. Stars are all that matter. Um, so, yes, if you're able to, uh, you know, give us a review, that would help, you know, people find the show. So... Um, we would be eternally grateful and maybe the first written review that I see, we will read on the show. Five live, star reviews so. only. I think we need yes. to clarify that five star reviews only. If you're going to give us less than five stars, just let us know your critiques on Twitter. Don't put that in the Apple <laughs> podcast. Reviews. What Twitter's for yeah. is telling people they stink. <laughs> so, um, you know, Please, if you feel so inclined, give us a, a rating. Um, and then, of course, as always, thank you for listening. And we will see you 25 yards later. 25 yards later. Thank you for listening to 25 Yards Later, Sports Obsesses Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by Ruminations Radio Network. Audio editing by Mitch Proctor and music by Elijah Motika.